Hello, everyone. I am here in Cleveland, Ohio. I am recording this on a cell phone. I have a beard. I have a pink hoodie. And I'm 25 years old. I am also a world champion. You may know me as Johnny Gargano. And you are listening to the Ohio Indie Report. Hey, Doug. I think it's about time we put on for this city, man. They're looking like we forgot or something. Never that. Man, I'm so Cleveland. It's a goddamn shame. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, this is Pedro DeLuca, and now it is time for your main event of the evening. Introducing your host from Northeast Ohio, he is heavy set, and now here is the Ohio Indie Report. What's up, wrestling fans? What is up, AIW fans? We are here, and it is just days. I think we're at about five days removed from the gauntlet for the Gold 8, and what a fantastic show it was. Personally, for me, absolutely fun night. I had a, I had a, I had a, I had a fucking blast. I'll say fucking, it's my show. Uh, it, it's the gauntlet. When it comes down to the gauntlet, it is always an entertaining show, no matter what. There's always going to be surprise entrance in the gauntlet. Um, I had my my fingers crossed for that that comeback for Fruth and Winners, just just hoping they'll they'd come back. Uh, unfortunately, I I was disappointed in the fact. But gauntlet for the gold Friday night. Um. Excellent show. I suggest you to buy this on DVD. And, you know, something I want, I want to talk about before I get too much into the card. I, I recently listened to uh, a podcast that talked about Gauntlet for the Gold. And it was two people's thoughts from Pennsylvania who, who came to the show and and whatnot. And a, a lot of flack. A lot of a lot is, is said about the AIW crowd. And when you're getting something from me, I'm I'm one of the crowd. I have with since I've become an AIW fan, I've I've blended in. I've made great friends, and I I, I feel like I understand uh, the crowd of AIW. And when you hear other people's remarks about the crowd and my marks remarks about the crowd, um, I think no offense to anybody else, but with me, you're you're getting like the reason why there there's like a lot of things like oh like the, the thing that I was listening to. You know, the crowd was sitting on their hands. They didn't give the right reaction. Uh, how how mean and ravenous and ravenous we are, which which is is perfectly understandable. But I think also also it does depend where you're sitting. There was actually people by me who were annoying the shit out of me, saying some the worst things possible to wrestlers. Things I don't even want to talk about on here. And it was like just yelling random shit. But we, we seem to have that at the AIW show at the AIW crowds. But let's let's get in this card and I want to talk a little bit about it first. We had. The opening match, which it really did not surprise me, it was the six-man scrabble match of ACH versus Davey Vega versus Lewis Linden versus Marion Fontaine versus Colin Delaney versus M-Dog Matt Cross. Now, a few things going into this match. I mean, also remember, winner gets a shot at Eric Ryan at the end of the night, and the loser, whoever gets pinned or whoever submits, is number one in the gauntlet. Well, one note that I want to say, uh, I know going into this, I figured we could possibly see somebody on this card, I mean, on this match, 
be in the tag team match later in the night because there, there's a few tag teams that are, that are sitting in this group and I think one of them I thought could you possibly see the return of Philip Kendrick and have Aeroform versus Hope and Change or possibly the Sex Bombs with Davey Vega and um, Matt Fitchette having Fitchette returning and have that be the surprise return to go up against Hope and Change and this match was an excellent excellent way to start off the card start off the event it really it got everybody involved there was um excellent spots i mean too many to really keep track of one that i remember vividly in my mind is um matt cross was trying to jump out on the outside of the ring onto an opponent and literally everybody else in the match kept getting sneaking in the a dive before he could and it got all the way down to where matt was the only one left and he he hit his dive and the winner of this match was, in fact, Davey Vega, and he pinned Colin Delaney, and Colin Delaney obviously became number one in the gala for the gold, and Davey Vega would go up against Eric Ryan at the end of the night. And the thing that I, I want to kind of mention, I want to throw out there, I talked about the gauntlet for the cache, and I said in the last episode that I would be putting my money in for the gauntlet for the cache. And actually, fact of the matter, I bought the very first one, um... I'm always a guy that gets to the events very early. I try to be one of the first people there, so I'm one of the first people in. And when Pedro came out and started selling the the envelopes with the numbers in it, I was the first one there. Put my money down, and what number did I randomly pick? None other than number one. So at that moment, Colin Delaney was my guy. I would be the first person to know who they had in the gauntlet. And, like I said, Colin Delaney, Colin Delaney rolled out of the ring right by me. I pulled out my card, and I'm like, come on, you know, you're doing it for me. I believe in you. Let's do this. Let's do this. And uh, me and Colin had a kind of exchange of words of getting uh, getting each other pumped up, and he walked away, and he's like, I'm going to do this for you. And, and then <laughs> as he walks away, I could see, like, roll his eyes like, I'm doomed, I'm doomed. But we will, we'll get to the gauntlet later in the night. And immediately after this match, Tim Dons comes out and calls out Eddie Kingston, who isn't even at the, at the, at the event. Um, he kind of, it's kind of like a thing he should know this type thing. Um, security, ev- everybody from the company kind of like try, had to get him out of the ring. And th- they moved on with the, with the, with the event. And we went on to Angelus Lane versus Addie Star. And the winner of this also got into the gauntlet. Um, I re- I think these two, I think I said in the Girls' Night Out review that these two new stars shine really bright. I'm personally uh, an Angelus Lane fan. Um, a, I, I do think she's very attractive. And on the same type of that, um, I, I really like her style. It's very just intense. And there was a part of the match that I absolutely loved where Angelus keeps going for pins and everything and it's not working. And it just, she kind of has this snapping moment where she just goes after Addie Star and just yells this this whole time like like almost like a freaking banshee and to me that that was the point I went whoa and, like we we need to keep an eye out on Angela Lane even though she's now one and one in the division it's still I want to see more of her Addie Star on the other hand I I, I kind of mislooked her at the same time she is she's now 2 and 0. Um I don't know if we count the ladder match as as a as a loss or not. I don't kind of don't think so. Uh if not, she'd obviously be 2 and 1. But I I she is that kind of small female wrestler in the fact that she can also she can go um and I, I want to see I do want to see her more in the division. I do see um I think Angel's more as a threat 
for the title, but I think Addie Starr is going to bring more and more to the table for every event she shows, and she's she's just hit two in a row. I mean, will we see her again soon? It's It remains to be seen, but the, uh, the, the, the females division in AIW is very, I, I don't want to say crowded, um, there's kind of a lot going on at the same time. There's still girls that I believe are still trying, I can't say trying to get noticed, but you know, definitely they're there. I would say they're there for the show. Like you have everything going on with any social and crazy Mary Dobson. So, you know, those girls are all involved together in a storyline. You have, uh, Veda Scott. I mean, not only with her thing with Gregory Iron for hope and change, you have what's going on with her now, the number one contender for Allison Kay's title. Allison K, she's a champion. She can pretty much go up against anybody event after event. Doesn't you don't need too much behind it. But then I think pretty much everybody else left in the females division in AIW. It's just they're trying to break out more. And um, I think it depends on who you are, which ones you really like. There's there's ones that I I think I've gravitated towards, and there's ones that I kind of I don't see an appealing. I don't think they're I don't think they're that good. Uh, and, and AIW is fairly good in my opinion. Of if if you're not good for the division, that they'll take you out. But my my main point is Angel Slay and Addy Star. I think these are both fantastic wrestlers. And this this is one point point in what I listen to is saying like oh you know we were you know we, we, we were sitting on our hands I'll, I'll, I'll say this one thing about me I sit here the whole time and I am live tweeting results nobody pays me to live tweet results nobody but it's something I do for fans because I do get feedback I get I do get thank yous from fans that you know what I didn't couldn't get to go to the show um, I didn't have enough money I couldn't couldn't afford it I had other plans and thank you for putting these results out there. You you know you've informed me, or you know just just that kind of acknowledgement that I did something good for somebody free of charge. So for the most part of the events, I really don't make a lot of noise. I I I, I mean I'll stand up at the beginning of matches for the type thing, but at the same time I think I could be seen on DVD. I'm standing up and I got my phone in my hand and I'm getting ready to like tweet out who's going to be in the match and and whatnot, and I'm also trying to get pictures of, of certain things and have them sent out too, but at the same time, I'm trying to uh, kind of relax and enjoy the show. So not a lot, not, not much gets me to where I'm just like absolutely going crazy. There, there was one part in the night, and that's another part we'll get to later in the show. But I know that's just me. It's because of my responsibility that I have... I have picked up to do the service I have picked up for other people. So that's why I'm mostly on my hands. But I think at the same time, it's like any other wrestling event. Sometimes um, you can go from match to match. And when you get to that next match, maybe it's it's not as exciting. Like that six-man tag, tag match on paper was very exciting. And it delivered to that. I think this match, you have two fairly new people. And normally when you get new people in, I think as us AIW fans, we want we do want to watch you. We might not thoroughly get into it. But we're, depending on who you are, like me, I'm just taking notes in my head, figuring out what I like. Uh, at the same time, doing my other responsibilities. But I mean, that—that's my explanation for for some of us fans. I think, like I said, I don't think uh, Addy Star and Angel Slane brought that like on paper. You're like, oh, like that's like, oh my God, this is going to be absolutely fantastic, you know. And you're waiting for all these spots. And there is the the sad fact that how women's wrestling isn't as appreciated as much as men's wrestling. I mean, I I do love men's wrestling more. But since being an AIW fan, my love for women's wrestling has drastically changed 
but for the most part, I sit down and I enjoy it. I just try. I, I don't. I try not to get too into it. I have to, not too much reaction. I just sit sit down, enjoy it. I'm, I'm hoping that doesn't prevent any wrestlers from doing what they do. Of to my reaction, but th- I mean that's just me. And I'm I'm kind of going off on a crazy random tangent. And we're only two matches into this card. Next up was the Jollyville Fuckets versus the Batiri. Now. I said it before and I said it again. Like I'm, I'm personally not a big fan of the Jollyville Fuckets. Uh, I put the note on Twitter. Um, one half of the Jollyville Fuckets, I want to say his name is, T- yeah, T Money. He looks like a slightly smaller version of Uha Nation. And the first time I seen them, I looked at him and I go, "Who the hell is this, Uha County?" Just, just a play on words and whatnot, but I don't know. It's just I'm not all that thrilled with the Jollyville Fuckets. I, I don't know what it is. I'm not saying I hate them, but just they haven't they haven't grabbed my attention yet. And a lot of times, there's people after one show grab my attention, and the the, the Fuckets don't have it. Um, I'm not sure what it is. It could be. It's it's not a racist thing. I feel like I've seen the whole white guy black guy thing a lot of times, and in, in the the black guy is normally a, a bigger guy. It just I think I've seen the formula so much, especially on the indies, that I'm just kind of like, eh. like here's another tag team like that. So I'm like, eh. but the Batiri, I, I am a fan of the Batiri. Um, they are entertaining, and so is Veronica too. I feel like you could put the, this tag team, the Batiri, against anybody, and that they're going to give you a good show, whether it be the in ring product or the, the other shenanigans they bring at ringside. Pateri is a very underrated tag team to some, and uh, we're, we're going to get a little bit more... We're going to get back to the Pateri, but the Pateri did pick up a win over the Jollyville Fuckets, and up next was Ethan Page, all ego Ethan Page, with Silesia Sparks in his corner versus Josh Prohibition. This is something I, I, I talked about on the, on the preview Ego, all ego. Ethan Page is a guy who's trying to make his mark in AIW. And Josh Prohibition is the veteran of Turner's Hall. This was a very good match, too. I'd rate a high on a scale. I don't think I'd give it a five star if I were to give a star rating, but I would give it at least a four. Ethan Page is very good in the ring. At the same time, Sleazy Sparks always brings this kind of dynamic on the outside. I know I always have fun joking with her. One thing I do want to mention is uh, I, I kind of heckled Ethan Page uh, early at the, be- the match, like uh, right before it started, and I pulled out $2, and I said, okay, like, I want Silesia for the night. Here's 2 bucks." And he, he, seriously, he did jump out of the ring, and he took my money, and then he put it in his tights. <laughs> Later in the match, um, I think he put it down Silesia's shirt. Uh, already, I didn't want the fi- I didn't want the two bucks back. Uh, I'll, I'll get a little bit more on that later too. Um, that that was pretty much over with with my two bucks because I was like I I, I, I don't want it back. Uh, the the end of the match, um, Slezia got in Josh Prohibition's face, and Josh gave her a drunken driver, and causing that distraction, Ethan Page w- was able to pull a quick pin on Josh Prohibition. After the match, I didn't I didn't put this on Twitter, but you know Ethan Page cut this very very heel promo of you know that he's getting held back and you know he's gonna gonna win the gauntlet because he's getting tired of floundering in the mid card and whatnot, and you know everybody always talks about his matches, but it's always about like Slezia and he doesn't need her type thing, and I think I think that was very good. I was drawn into it. it, it a it made you look forward to the gauntlet. And it really, I think it, it, it ups his stock in AIW. At this point, we went to intermission, but when we came back, 
we had the Open Challenge from Hope and Change. Uh, they came out, they did cut a, their normal promo. They always like to come out first, cut some kind of promo. Um, I do want to say they had they had nobody as, to, to challenge them. And remember I said earlier that six-man tag match, there was going to be... I felt like there somebody from there was going to be part of the tag team because the, the tag teams I mentioned, well, out comes Old School Express. I had the wrong teams. I had, I was thinking the other two teams and not three. Even the sad thing is, uh, A, I am a big Fontaine and Jock fan. Jock has, has been on this show before. And I think I noticed, I'm like, you know, there's no match you know there's no match for the old school express i mean did they give up on this already type thing and i'm just kind of like oh whatever and when they came out i i I popped huge for this and at the same time i love hope and change so seeing these two teams go at each other i was very very conflicted and this was another match where we you have to remember and i think aiw is doing a fantastic job of drilling in to everybody's head to pin gregory iron i know the show that i listened to said to beat hope and change you have to get a four count no to beat gregory iron to pin gregory iron you need a four count you can pin Veda to a three count, but to pin Greg, you need a four count. And at one at the particular time, it might have been Jock was pinning Greg. One, two, three. He got up, started celebrating like they were they were tag team champions. And Pedro got on, got on the microphone and said, you know, to pin Gregory Iron, you need a four count. So you know the match is still continuing. And what what happened here a- after this was telling of what we're going to see on the road to absolution is the submission squad came out and one of them came out from the entrance and distracted the referee jake clemens and the other two came from the crowd and attacked jock and fontaine and pulled greg over top of uh, i think it was jock for the pin so your winners and still aiw tag team champions hope and change gregory iron and veda scott now during this time while they were celebrating who comes out from the entranceway? None other than the Batiri. So coming from this match, it looks like we are going to see more from the Submission Squad and Old School Express. One of the best feuds, I think, in AIW in the past year. One of the most entertaining feuds since the last Absolution. So I'm looking forward to more of this. And at the same time, the Batiri trying to go back after the tag team titles. I think that is absolutely fantastic. I think I, I kind of alluded to it in the last episode of saying, you know, you know they they want to go back after the titles, you know, and the, uh, since they've lost so much since losing the titles, so now that's when they have the Jollyville Fuckets. So you know they were gonna try back for the titles, and I think they are on the road to facing hope and change. What and next is just seeing whatever roadblocks is in their way. Up next is a another i think another reason to buy this dvd chris dickinson versus matt tremont like i said i'm not i don't know much about matt tremont i just know he is from czw and i know chris dickinson from what he's been in aiw since absolution but this match was crazy i took a lot of pictures from this match that you can find at ohio report on twitter where i posted all the results um, I'm looking at my feed right now too, because my the feed for the show is uh, my notes, and I, I just kind of I'm going off of that. And I mean, I took I took uh, quite a number amount of pictures that I could at this uh, for this. It's exactly what you thought it was would be. I'm talking there was blood. Uh, I think at one point Matt Tremont took one of the guardrail sections. He actually put it over by me. Um, on the top of the guardrail and the ring. So that was that got used a couple times. 
Um, they pulled out the the barbecue utensil that I can't think of the name where it's like a fork, but it's just two. I'm I'm fat. I should know what they're called. But you know they they, they pulled that out. Um, I can't think of anything else they pulled out. But th- this was this was a uh, great match. And uh, uh, when I tweeted the result, I said Chris Dickinson beats Matt Tremont in what was a very intense and bloody battle. So another reason to check this DVD out or the MP4 on smartmarkvideo.com when that gets released. And obviously, like I said, Chris Dickinson beat Matt Tremont in this match. And after the match, a chant did start uh, asking, you know, Matt Tremont to please come back, please come back. I would like to see I would like to see him back again. I think AIW has people um, on their roster that I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I would really like to see them go up against Matt Tremont. I mean... People that have been through lately of, I mean, you could have had him versus Necro, uh, Tremont versus Pondo even, um, but I think there's a lot of combinations, so I think if Matt Tremont does come back, he does have some formidable opponents to go up against. Next was what was announced by Pedro as hashtag Nixon, not just Nixon, but Hashtag Nixon. Um, Ricky Shane Page and Bobby Beverly versus Johnny Gargano and Josh Alexander. Josh Alexander has been on a roll in AIW. Uh, He hasn't lost a match yet. And this is also, I think, another reason to buy the DVD. I think if I were to rate all the matches and I wouldn't count the gauntlet just because I think like when I think WWE and Royal Rumble, the Royal Rumble match is, is always a fun match. Uh, entertaining match, and the same is for the gauntlet. So if I just take that out, I think I would put this in the top three. I don't think I'd put it at one. I think the opening match was definitely number one. I would think it's about two or three. And uh, I did tweet out that it, that is another reason to buy the DVD. And despite his record, uh, hashtag Nixon did get the win over Johnny Gargano and Josh Alexander. And of all things, Ethan Page came out and caused a distraction for Nixon to win. And it looks like Ethan Page, A, will see more of him versus Josh Alexander and possibly anything maybe Ethan Page and Johnny Gargano. Again, there's there'll be a little bit more on that later. And up next was the AIW Absolute Title match of Eric Ryan, the champion, versus Davey Vega. I think this is the sad thing about this is nothing much really stood out about this in, in my mind. Um, I didn't I didn't tweet much about it. I don't think I even tweeted out any pictures. But Eric Ryan did win. He is still the AIW champion, the AIW Absolute champion. But it was it was nice to see Davey Vega get more of of a push outside of his home territory. It was nice to see him in a in a higher match. I think with Eric Ryan as champion, we could see more of that. We could see more guys that we don't normally see going up against the champion or what we have seen go up against. Well, I can't even say that because within the past year and a half since I've been a fan, there was half of the time there was, well, there was a champion. It was Shima Zion or Zima Ion from TNA, whatever you want to call him. He was the champion and the, the belt wasn't there. So I think Eric Ryan versus Davey Vega is a will be an underrated match of the card. I wanna I will be buying this DVD and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try to sit down and rewatch some of these. It'll be great when I'm not live tweeting what's going on. But I think this was um I think this was a true sleeper if you're looking at the card and besides we it's like we knew the gauntlet was next. 
Um, it was getting fairly late because the ma- the match ended around 11 o'clock, uh, and then we went into to the gauntlet. So I think that that, that time wise could always affect fan reaction. But I think I said in the preview, I'm I'm a fan of Eric Ryan. I think I love seeing Eric Ryan with a championship, and I think he brings a lot to that title, and that title brings a lot to him. But we'll see what the future brings for the AIW Absolute Champion because he will face the winner, or if he loses it, the, the champion will face the winner of the gauntlet for the gold eight. The final match, the main event of the evening. Now, also, I'm not sure if the winner of this and the winner of the Jayla go up against the champion. That's something I'm pretty sure AIW will address in the coming months, especially with the Jayla coming very soon. So, obviously, entering in at number one, and one thing, I did live tweet every single entrant. I didn't have everybody's Twitter handle that I always run into somebody I don't have their Twitter handle for if they are on Twitter. Um, because there was a few shocking surprise ones, but we'll get to them. Number one, like I said, Colin Laney. Number two was Chris Dickinson. We obviously seen these two in a feud just a couple months ago, so they went straight at it. Um, I did not put down of what order everybody got eliminated in, so I will, I will go through this and anybody who sticks out. Uh, maybe I'll talk a little bit about them. Entrant number three, none other than Jake Clemens. Referee Jake Clemens, number three, gets announced. Clemens slides uh, slides in the ring, goes, I'm going to Absolution, and quickly gets eliminated. Um, early spot of the match, that was absolutely hilarious. Uh, but moving on, entering in at number four was Nasty Russ, one half of the Jollyville Fuckets. Entering in at number five was Evangelistico of the Submission Squad. Entering number six was Johnny Gargano. Entering number seven was Pierre Abernathy of the Submission Squad. Number eight, Tim Effendonst. Number nine, the second surprise of the evening, Super Oprah. Now, in in the gauntlet for the cache, um, me and my friends, we pretty much all of us bought at least one. I think one friend bought like three. But the one of my friends got number six. No, no, no. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He got number nine, and we made jokes throughout the night that you know, oh, is that a six? Oh, is that a nine? Oh, it's like just going back and forth between that. And when six came out, he was Johnny Gargano. He goes, oh, you know, oh, it's six, it's six. And then when nine comes out, and it's super Oprah because nine was his real number. He goes, oh, why can't it be six? Why can't it be six? Um, just that was my first time seeing Super Oprah, and it was a, oh my god type moment. Anyway, moving on, entering at number ten was Addie Star. Entering in at number eleven was Jake Vervilli. Verville? I don't have his name down. He was one of the. They had a few surprise entrants from classic AIW, and I don't have the whole AIW library, and I haven't watched all the AIW library, and I haven't been here since the beginning. So there were people that I I know me and uh, many other people not like who. So he was one of them. Entering number 12 was Team Money, a.k.a. Uha County. Entering number 13 was B.J. Whitmer. We haven't seen B.J. Whitmer in a while. The AIW Intense Champion. So could we possibly see more of him in the future? We'll definitely see. Entering in at number 14 was Lewis Linden. Number 15 was Gary J. Number 17, Josh Prohibition. Number 17, Dio Salvador. Another AIW classic entrant. Entering at number 18 was Marion Fontaine. 19, Ethan Page. Number 20, ACH. 21, Ricky Shane Page. 22, M-Dog Matt Cross. Number 23, Kodama of the Batiri. Number 24, Bobby Beverly. 
Number 25, a guy I've been waiting for to come out, Jacques Sampson. Number 26, Oberion of the Batiri. Number 27, the walking weapon, Josh Alexander. Number 28, Gregory Iron. And number 29, Veda Scott. Now the question is, who would be number 30? Last year, number 30 was obviously Johnny Gargano, like I said in the preview show, and he came out, won the whole thing. Would this happen at number 30? During this time, I put out my prediction of who number 30 would be. I sent out the tweet just as Pedro was starting to announce uh, the entrant number 30. Actually, I think it was when he started doing his like small countdown that he was doing. And my prediction was right. Number 30 was Allison K, AK-47. Now, the last moments of this match. I wish I would have wrote down who the final four were, but um, I will say at this time, you had like... Allison Kay, Johnny Gargano, Ethan Page, Roland Alexander, Colin Delaney, all these guys in the ring. And Allison Kay, not a guy. We had all these people in the ring. And I know Allison Kay got eliminated. There was a particular moment of Ethan Page cost Josh Alexander and Johnny Gargano to be eliminated. So I think that feeds into more of seeing these three in the final two was Ethan Page and Colin Delaney. Which story would prevail? The guy in the middle of the night that said he is going to win the gauntlet. He's tired of being this floundering in the mid-card. He deserves the main event. He deserves the title. Blah, blah, blah. Or Colin Delaney, a man who has rededicated himself to life. The man who six months ago doesn't look the same as the man we see today. Which story would move on to Absolution to go up against the champion? None other than Colin Delaney. They did a very nice back and forth. Uh, at one point, Colin Delaney thought he had eliminated Ethan Page. But as Colin's back was turned, Ethan Page got back in the ring, saw that Colin was celebrating, and then he rolled out the bottom rope and, you know, s- stood there on the ground acting like he was mad and everything and that he lost. But Page got back in the ring and they still had another couple minute back and forth. And the final spot was, if I'm, if I'm correct, Ethan Page was about to throw Colin out. Colin got on his feet and they both went out. But Ethan Page's feet hit the floor first. Both feet hit the floor but not Collins. Collins skinned the cat and won the gauntlet for the gold. And Colin Delaney won me the gauntlet for the cache. I won $150 from AIW. It is bad that the guy live tweeting is the guy who wins the gauntlet for the cache um, completely by pure happenstances pure coincidence that's just how it happened so i know i left the night with a very big high of not only just winning the money but a but an excellent event this is i still think a, a definitely a must pick up from aiw i think i said in the preview just it being the gauntlet alone is it was what makes it a great event and i think every all the other added matches are just little bonuses that you happen to get and that just leaves us with what's coming up next in AIW. Uh, going them over them one more time from the previous show, we have the next show coming up is Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangsta, Friday, April 26th, 7.30 bell time at Turner's Hall. Again, tickets are only $15. The JT Lightning Invitational Tournament, Friday, May 24th, and Saturday, May 25th, 7.30 bell time on Friday, 6 o'clock bell time on Saturday, with the 
3 p.m. Fan Fest for the 25th. Remember, a two-day pass for the Fan Fest is $30 from March 1st to May 1st, $40 after the 1st, and it's $20 per show, or just $5 for the Fan Fest. And of course, the road to Absolution will end at Absolution 8, live on iPay-Per-View on smvod.com, smartmarkvideo.com, Sunday, June 30th, with a 6.30 bell time at Turner's Hall. Again, tickets are only $15. And we've already announced more participants for the JLIT. I told you on the last episode, entrant number one is Adam Cole. Entrant number two will be Michael Elgin. Entrant number three will be Tim Donst. Entrant number four, Davey Vega. Entrant number five, M-Dog Matt Cross. And we're all the way up now to entrant number six is Gary J. So that'll do it for the show right now. And remember, the next AIW episode will be before Damn It Feels Good to Be Gangster. I'll try to get a special guest for the show, but can't really guarantee anything. But thanks for listening to the Ohio Indie Report. This is Stone Cold E.T. And when you're listening to the Ohio Indie Report, what? I said the Ohio Indie Report, what? You gotta listen long and you gotta listen hard like the Texas Rattlesnake. Okay, now I'm going to do this again, even because you're going to edit it. So you're going to hear this again. Again, I'm going to edit it. Uh